Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome So home. earlier on in my making this shift or kind of like evolving purpose into psychology, um, mental conditioning, coaching, uh, what I realized is that as I started to expand and do more work in the space and I started finding people who had done work in the past or, you know, former sports psychologists, former mental conditioning coaches that have done the work to some capacity were continuing to do the work and had kind of stepped into like um, personal development space and self-help space and started writing literature and stuff like that. And one of the things that I quickly came upon is the fact that there tend to have been like a running joke that said, you know, for all mental conditioning coaches and sports psychologists that there's really no industry for sports psychology or mental conditioning in the realm of or when it pertains to professional sports and mental conditioning. And although it was a running joke, it's primarily because um, there's still so many people within the space of performance or high performance that although the conversation is starting to shift somewhat around the importance of mind work or mental conditioning or psychology and how it can or how it can not only impact your current players but how it can be a pivotal role in, in shifting the culture of uh, any any performance space or high demand space um, it's still a lot of people within the industry that don't necessarily have a ton of um, respect or appreciation for the benefits I think they say there's what 161 division one programs and only eight of them have mental conditioning or sports psychologists on the team. The University of Alabama football program, I think has five or six. So it's no wonder why they, they're constantly um, in the top 1% of their sport. But what it speaks to is the fact that, you know, when you're doing this kind of work and you're working um, with different sports franchises or different athletes, you're never really discouraged whenever you run against someone who has this preconceived idea of what sports psychology is all about or what mental conditioning is all about and whether or not it could help their life on the court, on the pitch, on the field and transition into helping them lives, um, helping their lives outside of as men and women. Um, but what I want to say, the reason why I want to start here today is because I realize that you can make space for someone and then you could truly make space for someone. And, and here's the difference, you know, Last year was my first year um, working in, in connection with Inner uh, Miami and, and the MLS. And it's been a powerful journey, a beautiful journey, an inspirational journey. And it was something that I set out that I wanted to accomplish. I knew it was a lane that I could see myself um, really kind of and, and really kind of like really leaning into my purpose and um, creating and, le and leaving a legacy on what it means to help Inner Miami establish 
um, their vision, especially being a new club. And a lot of that support, love, and that opportunity was given um, through ownership and the response and the relationships that I had developed over the years and and ownership believing in the importance of psychology and how it could potentially help the players. I think they were starting off 0-7 or 0-8 um, when I started working with the club. So last year was a lot about, okay, how do we shift athletes out of the space of identifying with the record and shifting them back into um, defining themselves as elite athletes, as winners and not drawing a percentage or majority of their identity from the record. But what I, the reason why it's so important today is because, so we started the new season um, last week, Inter-Miami started the new season last week, and you know, there's new energy, um, new, new spirits, new people. Um, and when I met Coach uh, Neville, um, who's the new coach, Phil Neville, um, at Inter-Miami, I knew he had an understanding kind of doing my own research. I knew he had an understanding and an appreciation for sports psychology. Um, so I knew I wasn't necessarily going to walk in and try to convince someone of the importance. But what I didn't necessarily take into full consideration is um, the tremendous impact that comes from when you feel like space is being created for you to not only be truly who you are, but to pour in everything you are to a team. It's, it's, it's euphoric, it's emotional almost. Right, I think I got to the car in my car and, and I was in tears because, not because I felt Coach Neville understood the importance of psychology, but I felt like I felt for the first time for someone in that position, I was being seen and I was being appreciated for what I can contribute and how I can bring um, impact to the team. And not only did he say, hey, you know what, Fahim, I see that the work of psychology is important. It plays an important role, but his way of welcoming, welcoming me into the team was, no, you're a part of everything that we do. You're a part of our team, our staff, when we're on the field, you're on the field. And it was such warmth and it felt so amazing to get that, um, to get that support um, from the head, from the top, right? It's, you know, ownership is a very, very important um, um, place from which to get support. But when you can get that support from the direct head of, um, the team, um, it, it speaks volumes. And I can't help as I sit here now, I feel so incredibly blessed given the opportunity and even more so now being able to take um, a lot of the things that I foresee myself being able to contribute um, to Inter-Miami season, this MLS season, um, and really feel like I can be a part of um, creating a culture that that's here to, to stay. But you know, I, I wanted to bring that up because wherever you are in your life, wherever you are accomplishing or whatever you're working towards, sometimes we can get so fixated on the end um, of what it is that we want to accomplish that we forget to understand how impactful or how powerful it is to truly hold space and make space. Um, not out of obligation or not because you feel empathetic for someone, but to truly, to truly be present and to truly um, allow those people in your life even while you're on your journey, allow those people in your life to feel not only welcome, but valued um, from the love and, and from, from their own journeys. And I think that a lot of times, I don't know if we put a lot of importance on that. So I just wanted to kind of open up with that today. Um, so God bless you. Thank you, Coach Neville. I'm excited to get to work. Um, so today we're talking about the importance of reframing and rewiring reframing and rewiring. So as 
as athletes, but as people, you know, as, as human beings, us being able to attach or consistently look at or look for opportunities to rewire our mindset or our perspectives on any given experience is a very powerful tool to have. And I think a lot of times what we end up doing is assuming that whatever it is that we're experiencing in that moment, it's, it's powerful enough to try to change our relationship emotionally and mentally to what we're experiencing, right? If, if we're playing um, in competition and we feel like we're getting outplayed by a competitor, um, instead, of, um, instead of using it as an opportunity to reframe or rewire, we instead judge ourselves for what it is that we're experiencing or how we're being or how we're performing in that moment, right? We say things like, um, I'm playing awful today, or we say things like, um, I'm gonna get pulled in a minute, or we say things like this guy or this girl, is just really dominating me, for example. And these negative thoughts begin to start feeding off um, one off of another. And then we also do that in our, in, our, in our lives, right? In our relationships, right? If we, if we, find, um, we find ourselves in a moment where, you know, we're not getting what we feel like we are, what we desire from um, a relationship or career, what begins to happen is again, those negative thoughts begin to connect to one another. And before you know it, it's like this whole snowball effect. And a lot of times in this kind of work, whenever you're hearing or reading about psychology, it speaks a lot about how important it is to change that experience or to change the perspective of what it is that you're experiencing so that you can connect to it differently. And it's hard to do that when you're working with or when you're talking to a competitor to make that, to make that distinction, but also make that shift in the throes of the game or competition. It's hard to tell a player who's being frustrated because they feel as if they're being outperformed to disconnect with the emotions or that's coming from that perspective of you being outplayed and connect more to a purpose of you feeling powerful, you feeling um, you're operating on your best when a lot of the feedback that you're getting currently is complete opposite of a lot of those feelings or that mental state. Just as well, it's hard to get an athlete who's down one nil and it's a two minutes left in the game. And now they're starting to play really tight and pressure because they see the time running out. It's hard to get that player in that moment to pull back from a lot of the emotional angst that comes with running out of time and fixate them better yet or fix it, fixate them or draw their awareness back to the power of just being present. It's hard to do that when we're in, comp when we're in a competitive environment. So the most powerful thing that we can do in is to prepare as if we're in those competitions or if we're in those moments of our lives when we're in a, when we're when 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 we're in comfortable setting or a comfortable environment we can choose to make those environments uncomfortable so that we can start developing a lot of the tools that we want to have access to when we're in those more competitive um, environments if that makes any sense so the work that we did recently was um, the, the tribe and I did recently was how do we get or how do we create an opportunity for you to start practicing the habit of reframing and rewiring the habits or the patterns that you have mentally, whether it comes to the perspective that you have about an experience that you're having or, or a person or how you're showing up or not showing up. How do we get into the habit of, of just like any muscle? How do we get in the habit of developing that muscle? And one of the things that I had the ladies at University of Miami do this previous week was an exercise at reframing, 
right? So what I had him do prior to even that was getting to the idea of um, recognizing when you are having some of those negative thoughts or those destructive thoughts, the first thing you wanna do is see them, right? So you wanna recognize them and then when you recognize them and you see them showing up, the next thing you wanna do is stop them. So if you're in that moment and you're feeling as if you're connecting to this negative thought, the first thing you wanna do is witness it. And then once you can witness it and recognize it, then you wanna just kinda of like stop it, right? Like put the brakes on it. And then the more powerful thing you can do in that moment is reframe it. So one of the powerful exercises that I gave them to do um, that, had <clears throat> that had allowed them the opportunity to get better at reframing was to go into their dorm room or their room at home um, and actually sit in the space, sit in their room, um, close your eyes and envision what their room looks like, right? Truly envision it, like where everything is, where their bed is, where their dresser is, where's the clock on there in their room, where, what posters do they have on their wall, if they have any posters, what literature do they have, if they have a bookshelf anywhere, like truly embody the space. And as they're sitting in this space, you know, really be intentional about, okay, what is it that you're seeing? What do you, what are you feeling? As you're walking through the room in your mind's eye, what are certain things that you're connecting to um, that, 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 that define the space that you're currently sitting in? And then after they, after they were instructed to do that for a minute or so, then I wanted them to open their eyes and then write down everything that came up for them, right? And then the next part of that exercise is going back into that mind space so closing your eyes again and now see yourself shifting everything in your room from a completely different perspective right so instead of your bed being on the left shift it all the way to the right instead of your dresser being in the back push it all the way to the front instead of the books being on a bookshelf pull them in the pile right in front of you like really get creative in how you're changing but not only get creative about restructuring your environment but also see yourself pulling the dresser or pushing the bed or taking the books from the shelf and putting them on the floor in a pile. Like actually envision and seeing yourself making that shift, reframing your space. And it's a powerful exercise because it gives you an opportunity to consistently connect to the idea of shifting your, not only perspective, but actually consistently and consciously shifting your thought and reframing it based off of the environment that you're in or not in. You have the ability to do that. And what you're doing in that moment is you're teaching your mind or you're teaching through the importance of creating a habit of how powerful it is to not only witness and see what you're experiencing, but to be able to put the brakes on it and intentionally reframe that that's showing up in your, in your understanding of it so that you can reframe how you're, how you're approaching it mentally and therefore emotionally. Right. If I can get you in the throes of competition to cost, to consistently be um, able to rewire your thinking or reframing what you're experiencing, then it's a lot easier and more powerful than me saying, OK, change your emotional state. If instead of seeing and, and putting so much attention on what the other player is doing, if I can get you in that moment to reframe whatever it is that you're experiencing and reframe it back on you and saying what you can do or how you can play more powerfully instead of being fixated on how you're being outplayed, quote unquote, by this other player, in that moment of reframing, that's where the opportunity for elite performance comes from. So if we, although it may seem subtle and although it may seem 
um, meaningless at times. If we can get athletes or any, if you can at home, if you can get in the habit of challenging yourself to reframe environments, reframe experiences consistently, you don't have to necessarily wait until a moment arises where it's conflict or when you're in the throes of competition to try to access it because it would have, it would have been something that you would have developed consciously, intentionally. So, you know, after doing that exercise in our next team meeting, I wanted to do something fun and kind of mix it up. So I told it, I told the team, I told the ladies and I, and I messaged coach Barnes ahead of time. I said, I want everyone to sit on the complete one side of the auditorium, right? So get all the players up, go to the right of the room. And when I got on the call or the zoom, I said, all right, athletes, are there anyone, any one of you athletes? Well, before I get you to shift to the other side of the room, is there any athletes that are currently sitting in the space that they would normally sit in? And I think out of 20 some odd players, I think nine, 10 of them raised their hand and said, okay, this is exactly where I would normally sit. So then I said, okay, well, if you're in a place or if you're in a chair that you would normally sit in, I want you to shift to the other side of the room. So by doing that, I had every athlete in this space in a place that they wouldn't necessarily sit. And I gave them the exercise of not only writing down what perspective they had of the auditorium, given their point of view, where they were currently, what could they see and what could they, and what could they not see clearly from that perspective, but also I wanted them to connect to what it was that they were feeling. What was their experience given being in that new position of the room? And what was really powerful is that, yeah, they did the work of, okay, what can I see and what can I see clearly? But it was really powerful getting athletes to understand that even something as meaningless as finding a spot to sit in an auditorium really brought up for them a lot of um, mental and emotional movement, right? There are athletes who are like, I don't feel comfortable being on this side of the room, right? And no matter what we talk through or no matter what exercise I told them to do, they couldn't remove themselves from what they were experiencing that movement that was happening mentally and emotionally. And here we are in a controlled environment. And all I'm asking you to do is shift your perspective or shift your point of view or your location in the room. So I called these players down one by one and I asked them to contribute and really kind of clarify what it was that was showing up for them. And a lot of them said, and they leaned in very powerfully. And a lot of them said, you know, it was unexpected. They didn't think that they would have that response, but they did. So after everyone shared, I said, okay, well now I want you to go to that space that you would normally feel the most comfortable. And it was amazing to see how they responded now having that experience going back to the current or to the comfort zone. And the thing about being comfortable or being put in a position where you're forced to feel uncomfortable, you're gonna be more receptive to growth. So any information that we cover, any touch points that we bring up in the conversation, the chances of you retaining more of that information in an environment where you're uncomfortable is increases significantly than when you're in your state of comfort or when you're in a in a place where you're where where you where you just feel more at ease. If I can if we can shake things up a little bit and make you somewhat uncomfortable within reason, then you're going to be more successful to any information that we would cover. So when these players went back to those seats that were ideal for them, that brought back that comfort. Obviously, with those new seats came a new perspective on the environment, a new point of view. There were things that were once clear to them in their previous seat or point of view that was no longer clear to them. There were things that were not clear in their previous seat that are 
that were now clear. But more importantly, mentally and emotionally, they were at a different space altogether just by shifting their perspective in that room. And what I wanted the ladies to understand is, did it change, did it, shifting spaces in the room, did it change the context of what we were covering? No. Does it change the purpose of the room? It being a, a team auditorium where you're sitting down and you're doing this kind of work, whether it be the work that we're doing today or a team meeting? No. Did it change the constructs of the room? No. The chairs were the chairs, the auditorium's auditorium. But how impactful or how powerful, just by you shifting that point of view, you shifting your positioning of the room, how powerful was that as it correlated or as it related to what you were experiencing? And all of them said significantly. And that's the point of the exercise. The room didn't change, the content didn't change, the constructs of the room didn't change. But by shifting your point of view or your location in a room, it allowed the player to see, wow, this is not only different, but worlds, worlds apart. And I used that as a powerful exercise and I was so happy that they leaned in to that in that way because it gave me an opportunity to use that as a powerful opportunity to communicate the importance of how by reframing and reshifting our perspective in any moment to anything that we're experiencing is a more powerful way to shift out of that mind clutter and that emotional clutter that you may be experiencing. Whether you're getting beat on the play, whether you're running out of time in your performance, whether you don't feel like you're as prepared as you would want to going into an important meeting, um, whether you feel um, somewhat blindsided by confrontation or, or, or a subject that's being brought up in your relationship and you want to make sure that you respond instead of coming from ego and being defensive, that you respond in, in the space of harmonious authenticity. Being able to reframe what you're experiencing may be a more easier tool to access than trying to get you to say, okay, well, Fahim, I want you to shift your entire um, emotional and mental noise that's going on right now to this experience. A more powerful thing may say, how can I maybe, how can I reframe and, and, and shift or rewire myself to what I'm experiencing? So as it worked with the ladies at the University of Miami, I'm hoping that it works with you where you'll start seeking out opportunities within your life, within the conversations that you're having, within your community, within your environment, um, to develop the muscle of reframing and rewiring. It's something that we can all have access to. And a lot of times what we end up doing is we, we end up putting off this work until we're in an environment that calls for it, and then, we, and then it's hard for us to access. It's hard for us to access. So this is, you know, I was hoping, and I was proud to see the players um, connect to this exercise powerfully. Um, they were able to take a lot of feedback for what was showing up for them personally. But the more powerful part is being able to say, okay, after the meeting, are they taking, are they taking every opportunity to do it at home so that they have access to it in the game? Us doing it in this work together and that one time is not going to make it to where it's accessible. It's like anything else. You have to consistently work it. You have to consistently take the opportunity to do it. So one of, the, one of the phrases or one of the call to actions that I gave them in the throes of the game, we talked about the importance of having a performance script. And that's something we'll talk about on this podcast and all that stuff a little bit later. But I told them, I said, when you're in the throes of competition, I want you to constantly remember script, the me, and the now. The script, the me, and the now. The script, the me, and the now. So use, and we had spent so much time on the script and getting ideas of what their script would be. Coach Barnes was um, a lead contributor and giving each one of her athletes the three things that she wanted them to focus on when it came to game time. But using 
the me and the now to shift their perspective and rewire their thinking and reframe their thinking to any experience back to where it should be. Now for the homework assignment, I gave them a powerful homework assignment and I wanna share this with you because I think this could also be a really good opportunity for you to grow and get better. Um, the homework I gave the ladies was to four times between now and our next meeting, four times a day, create an opportunity or find an opportunity for you to fully be present in the now. Use it as an opportunity to just really, really, really fully forget anything that's up, that's coming up, forget anything that's in the past, really be present. And then the other exercise was take four opportunities between now and our next meeting to reframe an experience, reframe an environment, reframe a room, reframe anything that, reframe a conversation, reframe, get in the habit of reframing and be able to recite or pinpoint those four opportunities of reframing in our next meeting and be able to average or give me an average, a consistent average of opportunities, those four opportunities in each day that you were able to be present, right? So that's the homework I wanna give you for those who are courageous enough to do it. Where can you create an opportunity for you to get in the habit of being in the present, being now? And then how many times or how else can you find opportunities? What other opportunities can you find um, to create space to reframe what it is that you're experiencing? So reframe and rewire. Um, I hope it was helpful. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, let's, let's continue to work. All right, cheers. Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome home.